0: Welcome everybody to Live the 8 Wise Way podcast. I hope you are all okay. My name is Kim Rutherford. I'm a psychotherapist, I'm an author, and as you can see, I'm a podcast host here to help you learn to live the eight wise way for better mental health and well-being welcome if this is your first time joining us if you haven't subscribed yet why not hit that subscribe button and make sure you don't miss out on any of the new episodes as they come out if you've not listened to any of the other episodes yet then just stay tuned listening on this one and then why not head back And listen to all the others as well and you will get a really good understanding of how your mental health and well-being is affected by your eight core elements to your wellness spectrum and what you can do to implement some strategies for helping you to recover if you might be experiencing mental health issues right now or if you're somebody who wants to try and prevent that from happening then you can also use everything that I share as a prevention approach for you as well almost like a one-stop shop for your mental health and well-being life skills so that you can have a better quality of life for the rest of your life. My name is Kim Rutherford. I'm a psychotherapist and I developed the 8WISE model. I also wrote the book 8WISE ways to a healthier, happier mind. And if you want to, you can actually um, follow along with all of the episodes of the podcast alongside the book, almost using both of them as your own mental health and well-being personal development course, program, whatever you want to call it. If you already have a copy of the book and you're wondering what we're talking about today, then head to around page 175 and 177 and you'll be able to follow along with this episode. As I said, if you've not subscribed yet, why not press that subscribe button now, like the podcast, share the podcast, share the love, let the world know you're listening to it, let the world know if you think it's useful, and why not leave a little review as well. Just so I know, I guess, that somebody out there is listening to me and somebody out there is finding all of this beneficial. If you would like to know more about 8Wise and everything that 8Wise does, then why not head over to my website, www.8wise.co.uk, and that will give you a lot more information about all of the books, about what 8Wise is, how it can help you, all the stuff you need to start moving forward in your life. But today, what's it all about, Kim? Well, this is quite a big topic for me this week. The topic title I share with you now is is your job killing you? Just let those words sink in for a moment. Is your job killing you? Because I can tell you now, my job definitely nearly killed me. And if anything, it's one of the biggest reasons that I had my own mental health issues and my own mental health journey and uh, I guess it's what led me to be here with you guys today so that's what we're going to talk about today is your job killing you so I'm introducing you today is the very first element of dimension four of the eight wise model and dimension four is the lifestyle model now, everything else we have covered so far has been about understanding yourself really well, knowing how to stay healthy body, healthy mind, knowing who you are, knowing what you want, knowing what interests you, what stimulates you, how to stretch your comfort zone, knowing the best environments for you and how to stay healthy in them and create safe, secure spaces and how to make sure that you develop really good, strong support systems and support networks so that on those times and on those days when you are struggling you've got people to talk to so you're not on your own you're not isolated and you're not lonely but that's an awful lot of information that you've learned so far about who you are but the whole point of knowing who you are is so that you can pull all of that together and create a lifestyle for yourself that really allows you to live an authentic life that fulfills you, that keeps you as happy and as healthy as you can possibly be, and that allows you to have a good quality of life, whatever life you want to have. Make sure that the quality of it is at its at its best for you, and knowing that you've got the tools and um, techniques in place to help yourself and look after yourself when you are having those dips. And the first element of the lifestyle dimension is your occupational wellness. Now occupational wellness is a huge part of our wellness spectrum because it all comes down to hours minutes and days and what I mean by that is we will spend so much time so so much time in the jobs that we do in the occupations that we choose in the career that we choose it's really important that they are good for us that they bring out the best in us and that they're fulfilling us that they're not affecting or impacting our mental health and well-being now mine did mine hit me really hard A classic story of a girl leaves university starts throwing herself into lots of different jobs and i found myself in the corporate world those of you work in the corporate world you know what it's like it's fast paced it's high pressured there's lots of competition. It's all about performance, productivity. Ultimately, it's all about profit. And that's not to say that people don't matter. People do matter. But ultimately, these big corporate organizations are all about the success of the corporation. And the people are there to help them do that. Don't get me wrong. I say that as if that's a really bad, scary thing. And I will tell you, when I first went into the corporate world, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. I thrived on it. I loved that whole work really hard, play really hard. If you work hard, then you will be successful. If you work hard, you will get rewarded in bonuses and promotions and all of that kind of stuff. And I've worked with a few different corporate organizations. And you know, I've had ups and downs in all of them. But I loved it. I absolutely loved it for a long time. And then I stopped loving it. And Somebody asked me recently what happened within my the corporate world that I worked in. Now, I was lucky. I don't want to say lucky. I, I always get bothered when somebody says that someone's success is down to luck. There's always an element of luck, but to be realistic. I, I worked really hard. <laughs> I worked really, really hard to get to the levels that I, I got to. I worked up the career ladder. I worked up into senior management. I got the opportunity to work in different countries to implement businesses To work in some amazing things. I got to talk at the House of Commons. I got to live in Australia. I got to spend time in Poland. I got the opportunity to turn a book into a training course. I had the opportunity to deliver training I developed to some of the MPs of our government. I'm not sure, sure I'm so proud of that anymore, though, but. I did at the time. I loved it. I got to work in prisons. I got to work in health and social care in education. I got to work with so many different people, so many wonderful people. And I loved it. But there's a reality to what a day in the corporate world looks like. And for me, it always started working really early because of that competition, because of that pressure. I always like to get in at least an hour early every single day. So I had that time to get my to do list done to catch up on anything And then I was also that person who was working through lunch breaks. Then I was that person who was staying late. Then I was that person who was checking my BlackBerry after work and on the weekends. That's how old I am, people, that I used to have a BlackBerry. Then I was that person who was taking my laptop home and working on the weekends and all hours. Then before you know it, I was that person who didn't sleep on a Sunday night anymore because of the anxiety. Because as you move up the ranks into management, management roles and leadership roles become very difficult in the corporate world. That's certainly how I experienced it anyway. And what tended to happen is there's more pressure on you, there's more expectations on you. But there's so many other things that are going on as well. There's lots of because of that competition, there's a lot of bullying that goes on. I was quite badly bullied in my workplace at one period of time. And that bullying led to really bad, low self-esteem. It led to isolation. It led to untrusting people. Um, I was just in a really, really low place with it. And also to cope with the stress and the pressure of the job that I had, I went into dysfunctional coping mechanisms. I was drinking too much. I was eating too much. I developed a binge eating disorder and disordered eating because of it. And before you know it, my overall mental health well wellbeing was deteriorating quite a lot. What I didn't realize at that time is is how traumatic everything was having on me. That constant stress, that constant anxiety, that thought of being pulled into a meeting and you know redundancies were happening all the time in the sectors that I was working in. It's that thought of, oh, my God, I could lose my job at any minute. No matter how hard you worked, it was never enough. And no matter how hard I worked, I started to feel like I was not enough, that I wasn't worthy, that I wasn't good enough that the job I was doing wasn't good, that imposter syndrome kicked in, the self-esteem was really low, the confidence was really low. And my way of counteracting that was work harder, work harder, work harder until you get to these burnout stages. So then when major changes happen, I'm not in the right mental frame. I don't have the best cognitive function. My body isn't working well, my brain isn't working well. So when mass change comes, when you know when people come in and take over roles and there's changes and you think you're on a certain career trajectory and it all gets moved away from you it can be really quite traumatic alongside the bullying and the clickiness and the all of the other stuff that goes on in the corporate world and i eventually left the job that had a lot of that in there but i took all that baggage with me i took all of that baggage with me to the next job all of that anxiety all of that fear all of that worry all of that self-loathing all of that inability to manage my time properly because i was just giving and giving and giving and giving that whole brain not working the cognitive function stopping where you can't see the wood for the trees. Never, ever feeling you're on top of anything. Always feeling like you are losing at something because you just can't grasp it. Now That was my experience in the corporate world. And you might work in a different organization, a different kind of arena. But these are very typical experiences that we can have within the workplace. Some of them are fantastic and wonderful and lovely. And others really go against who we are and can cause us some damage. The trauma that I experienced, and it was adult trauma that I experienced through those behaviors, actually, I I took them with me. I took them with me to my next job and my next job. And all I did was work harder. I never learned from them. I never stopped and allowed myself to make the changes. I never checked in with myself to go, okay, Kim, what is your core value base? Are you aligning yourself with an organization that suits that? Kim how are you going to look after your mental health and well-being and how does the organization work with that Kim what are your career aspirations does this organization support you with that I never bothered to do that because I just kept chasing what I thought was going to make me feel better which was success I thought it was going to be getting that next head of department role getting that director role getting that MD role having my worth Linked to these hierarchical labels and titles that really, when it comes down to it, don't really mean very much. And actually, you work really hard to get to them. And when you're there, you go, Really? It's just more pressure, more hassle, and you're never really rewarded for what you put into it. Now, many of you might be listening to this going, My organization isn't like that. I work for a brilliant organization, and I'm brilliant if you do. And I would love to hear who that organization is. So please get in touch. And I worked for great organisations, but it didn't stop the corporate system becoming damaging towards me in some stages. And I had to take responsibility. It was how I handled situations sometimes and not speaking up and not getting support and not getting help. But what happened is when I took it to a, all that baggage to another job, I just did exactly the same. Only this time I was already at all of my limits with regards to my where my stress thresholds were and my burnout kicked in. And that's what led me to have my car crash. And it was my car crash that came from because my occupational wellness was so low. I wasn't sleeping. I was living in high stress. I managed my own diary and I managed it badly. I managed my time badly. I wasn't delegating because I was so worried about not proving my worth. So everything was out of sync. I was completely and utterly overwhelmed by everything. And it led to my car crash. And even after my car crash, I felt so guilty about taking time off. I took three days off after a car crash and I was not in a fit state, not physically in a fit state, not mentally in a fit state, but I only took three days off because I don't know if you've all experienced this, that anxiety of, oh, what if I'm not there? What am I going to miss if I'm not there? What's going to change if I'm not there? I used to have stress and anxiety about taking holiday, holiday I'm entitled to. But I wouldn't take it because I was absolutely petrified of coming back to someone else is taking my job. Someone else is taking my workload. It all going wrong. And there's going to be such a backlog that I'll never be able to catch up or I'm going to have made a mistake before I went. And then they'll find out and then they'll find me. My brain was just constantly full of all of these issues. And that's something I had to learn to deal with now I was lucky in the end I guess that I worked for a good organization that when I explained what was happening to me and how I was feeling and I finally did speak up and I had a lovely manager who I did speak up to they offered me my sabbatical and I took that sabbatical to get myself back on track but as soon as I took that sabbatical and I stopped that crazy work life that crazy every single day living in high pressure high stress high anxiety Eating the wrong stuff, drinking the wrong stuff, not fueling my body, not fueling my brain, constantly feeling like I was barely holding on, frazzled, disjointed, causing problems in my relationships, never seeing my friends, never having fun because I was too busy working. The second I stopped working, I crashed. And I don't mean in the car this time. This time it was when my mental health just took a real big battering. And that's when I went from stressed to burnout to anxious to depressed and then to agoraphobia and so my occupational wellness was a major trigger for this a major trigger for this and it's why i spend so much time now working with those people who are in those who you know run businesses who are senior leaders and leaders and senior managers because i know that those people at that level what they're going through because i went through it and i know the signs and i know the symptoms but i also know i ignored them so i know there's hundreds thousands millions of other people who are really successful really career driven really achieving amazing things. And people look at them from the outside and go, God, they got their stuff together. They're really spot on with it all. And on the inside, they're crumbling, praying to God, the world doesn't find out that they're human and they make mistakes like the rest of us. So that's why I spend an awful lot of my time working with that client group, um, trying to help them to not make the mistakes that I made and to look after themselves. And how do they navigate through that when they're in the depths of that and need to do that recovery like I did, or try and help them to prevent from ever getting to that stage. But the reality of it is occupational wellness doesn't just affect those in leadership roles. It affects everybody. And it doesn't just affect those in corporate roles or in the corporate world. It affects all sectors, all people. And that's because within our lifetime, we're going to work between 800,000 and 900,000 hours. And we're going to work for organizations that are very nice and they're going to give us bonuses. They're going to give us salaries. But you know what? If we drop dead tomorrow... They are going to replace you in a heartbeat. That's not because they don't care about you, but because what really will always matter when it comes to the world of business is performance, productivity, and profit. And people, no matter what they tell you, will always have to come lower. And I know there's lots of organizations that are trying to change that. And I kudos to those organizations. And I'm lucky enough to work with lots of organizations who are saying, Kim, can you come in? Can you bring 8Wise into us so that we can help to protect our workforce, our people, because we know without them, we can't have good performance, good productivity and profit. So we know our people matter. So there are great guys out there. But we also know there's some really not so great ones out there as well. But the kind of issues that are happening in the workplace all the time, you know, the stress issues, relationship issues, bullying issues, clickiness issues, workload issues, constant changes in management, constant, you know, in the world that we live in now, post-COVID, I know I'm always talking about COVID, but the post-COVID world, it's a really, had a really big impact on businesses. And so the companies we work for are going through mass change. We are not good. Humans are not so great for change. I say this all the time. We're built for evolution, which is a slow change process. Quick change is not something that we work well with. And a lot of organisations are having to force us to go through major transitions very quickly. So there is a lot of insecurity. Um, not as much job security as there was. The hybrid model, you know, looks good on paper, and for some people it really works. But we're going to see some really negative impacts of those people who are working from home in front of a screen all the time in isolation. It's going to impact people. This is a good example of when occupational wellness has a major impact on social wellness and emotional wellness and environmental wellness. And that's why it's really important for you to really stop and do some self-reflection with regards to the places that you choose to work and I make a point of saying you choose to work because the reality of it is if we have to go to work pretty much most people have to go to work in order to earn money we've got to keep it real that's why we're going to work so we can have the life we want and other people who've got all the money in the world they go to work because they you know they want something to do fine but most of us are going to work because we need to earn the money to live the life we want but if we're going to be spending that much time in work we got to make sure that we make the right choice. We've got to make sure that we understand the kind of place, the kind of working environment that is going to bring out the best in us. It's got to, it's absolutely got to align with our core values. So that's why that spiritual wellness element of knowing your values, knowing your belief system, knowing what's important to you, your intellectual wellness of knowing what drives you, what inspires you, what stimulates you, That's really important. You want to make sure that the working place, the career, the corporate world, the job, the title, whatever it is within the working world of you for your occupational wellness, that it meets those core criteria because you have so many options. And I always say this to people who say, I'm really unhappy with my job, but I feel trapped. Doors swing both ways. You walked into that job and you can walk out of that job. Is the process always easy? Of course not. Nothing is. Nothing in the world is easy, but it's doable. And plenty of people leave jobs, leave organizations they love. So many people stay working in an organization because they like the people, even though they're going home every day miserable and stressed and not sleeping. And their body aches from the anxiety and the tension. And they're drinking too much. They were doing what I was doing, eating too much, and doing all of this stuff, but they're doing it because they really like the people sometimes you've got to look at your life and say, is the reason I'm forcing myself to stay in these unhealthy situations, in these unhealthy environments, the right reasons for my mental health and well-being? Now, for me, obviously, I made the decision that it wasn't. And I made the decision to leave my corporate career behind me to a certain degree because i am still got a very much a dotted line to it. But the part of the corporate world that I work in now or I support with, should I say, it's a dotted line to those departments that do care about the people, that do put the people as as much at the front as they can. Those HR teams that are trying to bring wellbeing into the workplace in really smart, creative, different, inspiring ways. And I'm just very grateful that so many of them see that eight-wise is that for them. It is a model that they can implement into their workplace in order to help their members of staff their leaders, their managers, their frontline workforce to be able to look after their mental health and wellbeing better. But we can't just put it all on our managers. We can't just put it all on our organisations to do that for us. It's our mental health at the end of the day. It's our wellbeing at the end of the day. So we've got to do it for ourselves. So these are the things that you really need to think about for yourself. Is your job affecting your mental health so much that it has led to increased stress levels? negative thinking patterns for yourself, high levels of anxiety, cognitive function has changed so maybe you can't think clearly, you can't make decisions anymore, Um, you're constantly worried about people finding out what you're not good at, imposter syndrome, feeling trapped. Is your workplace affecting your emotional wellness? Then you've got to think, if it's affecting your emotional wellness, is it affecting your physical wellness? Do you get the time to look after your physical body? Are you getting the chance to take the breaks you need, to have the foods that you need, to get home, to be able to go and do the healthy stuff that's for you? Does your workplace support that? Does it encourage that? Then you've got to start looking at that, as I said before. Does it align with who you are and what you want? Does it align with your core purpose in this world, your value base, your belief system, your identity? Is it helping to boost your self-esteem? Is your workplace allowing you to develop your strengths, use your strengths, have a voice, demonstrate on a regular basis your worth? Are you being heard within your workplace? Are you in an environment where actually it brings out the best in you that you're not chained to the chair all day, you're not chained to the desk all day, that you have got that opportunity to get up, to walk about, to work from home, to work in an office, to work where it brings out the best in you? Do you have the resources you need? Is it set up to meet your needs? Do you have specific needs that aren't being met? And do you have relationships with the important people? Do you know who the important people are to have those conversations with, to make those changes, to make it work better for you? It's important to be able to build a really good solid network within the workplace Because, as I said, you're going to spend a lot of your life there. If you think about your life split into three core areas, you've got um, childhood, adulthood and let's call it um, senior years. Your childhood is all about prepping you for the workplace. Your adulthood is all about being in the workplace and your senior years are all about retiring from the workplace. So everything that you do is about the workplace. So it really is important to make sure that you've got a really good support system within the workplace, whether it's colleagues that become friends, whether it's managers or senior team members that you know you can talk to about things, that you know the right people. Do you know who your mental health first aider is? Do you know who your HR person is? Do you know who your wellbeing and wellness people are? It's important to know all of that and have those support systems in place. When you've got that all in place, now you're in a situation where you go, OK, my occupational wellness is good because I'm in the right place. I've got the right job, got the right role that suits my skills, that suits my strengths. I'm working for an organization that aligns with me, that aligns with my belief system. It allows me to live the life I want and it encourages me to be myself within this workplace. What you don't want to be, like I said, is where I was. A senior manager, frazzled, burnt out, numb, struggling, Feeling completely lonely and completely isolated in this thinking. Feeling paranoid that everyone was out to get you, everybody's talking about you, everybody wants your job, or everybody's trying to ruin you. Petrified of going in some days for no reason other than the thoughts that are in your own head. Not sleeping well on a Sunday, almost when that 8 o'clock chime hits the clock and you're, oh, God, that's it, the weekend's over, I've got to get ready for work. Not sleeping with the anxiety loving Friday. Thursdays were my favorite day because I knew, yeah, I've only got one more day to go. And then Friday's getting home and going, yes, I am going to reward myself with my bottle of wine, my Chinese takeaway, my giant bar of chocolate. And I'm going to love it because I deserve to have it because it's been such a stressful week. All of that behavior actually leads to really poor mental health and well-being, as I have proven, as I have demonstrated. Now, don't get me wrong. Um, my own mental health issues were not just because of the workplace. But, you know, not every mental health issue that we experience in our lives is because of our childhood and our past. Some of it comes from adult traumas and a lot of adult traumas take place within the workplace. And so it's really important to understand that and understand that if you have experienced a trauma, bullying in the workplace is a trauma. Any form of sexual harassment within the workplace is a trauma you know, being constantly in a redundancy process and feeling insecure and worried about your job is traumatic. Even retiring can be incredibly traumatic for someone who spent 60 years in the same job or 60 years working for their whole life and not knowing who they are without that. Adult trauma should never be underestimated. And a lot of adult trauma can come from the workplace. So if you are trying to look after your mental health and your well-being, then one of the biggest pieces of self-reflection you need to do, you need to get really honest with yourself and go, okay, when it comes to occupational wellness, am I in the right place? Have I got what I need? And Is it helping me to create the lifestyle that allows me to live my truest life, my most authentic life, my healthiest life with the healthiest happy mind? Does it help me improve my quality of life? Because if you're working in an organization that is Not providing you with a good quality of life, and if anything is actually hindering your quality of life, then it's time to get serious, it's time to get tough with yourself, and it's time to make some big decisions. And that's my tough love moment for you. Like I said, doors swing both ways. Just like you had the power to apply for the job and walk through the door, you have the power to choose that it's no longer for you to resign and look for something else. You have that power if it's not the right thing for you. If you love it and it's just not quite where you want it to be, like they've promised you promotions, it's not happening, or they've promised you development, it's not happening, or they've promised you more resource and it's not happening, then see what you can do about making that happen. But you got the ultimate decision is, is this the right place for you? As I said, 800,000 hours of your life will be spent within the workplace. That's a lot of time. That's your life. Drip, drip, dripping away into these jobs, into these corporate organisations, into these non-corporate organisations. If your job is killing you, slowly but surely, if your stress levels are at ridiculously high points so that you are at risk of heart issues, stroke, diabetes, just remember, you will be replaced quite quickly. I wish it wasn't that way. People will mourn you. People will go to your funeral and then they will replace you and somebody else will come in and they will have that desk. They will have that job title and the world moves on. So if you know that your job is currently really affecting your mental health, your overall health, if your job like me, when I had my job like that, is potentially killing you, then it is your responsibility to change it and to take that seriously and to change that now. It's my tough love moment for you when it comes to occupational wellness. And as I said I'm very passionate about this topic because it's, it's been a big one for me. It's, it, you know, I spend a lot of time working within this arena still. I see all those burnt-out managers, leaders, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, over and over and over again, going through the same cycle I went through and seeing the organizations, you know, behave exactly the same way, do exactly the same things. I'm very grateful for those new organisations coming through with their more open-minded approach with regards to mental health and well-being, and definitely love those organisations that were implementing Eight wise in there as well. So, what I'd say for you is do the self-reflection, do the work, really think it through. Head to page 177 on the book in the book. Sorry, if you want to understand occupational wellness an awful lot more, go through the process and start to make the changes so that your mental health and well-being doesn't suffer because of the job that you are currently in. That is all I've really got to say about Occupational wellness. I'm hoping you understand how serious I feel about it. And if you are, by the way, if you are one of those senior managers out there, you know, CEOs, those business owners, director level, executive level, management teams, if you are that person, and then if this is resonating with you, um, you're not alone. As I said, I was there. I work with thousands of others who are just like you. The dialogue in your head is just in your head, but reach out please do reach out, get the support you need, make sure you're looking after your mental health, make sure you're looking after your well-being, and don't make the policies in the workplace just about the frontline staff, you matter too. So I hope that has opened your eyes and I hope it's opened your ears a little bit too with regards to your occupational wellness and how important it is to your overall mental health and well-being. Like I said, you can read more about it in the book, which is at page 177, If you have not yet got a copy of the book and you want to get a copy of the book, then you can head to my website where the store is. Again, it's www.eightwise.co.uk, and there you will find Eight Wise Ways to a Healthier, Happier Mind, the book plus the 12 week journal to help you set some short term goals. There is also the 12 month planner to help you live the eight wise way um, for the rest of your life. And then there is also the little pocket book of wellness as well, which just helps you to implement some of these strategies on a day to day basis. Now, if you haven't got the book, and you're like, I don't really want to have to pay for the book, then It's competition time. If you like a bit of a freebie, then this is all you need to do to get access to not only a copy of the book, but a signed copy of the book. All you need to do is go and follow me on all of my social media. So that's Twitter, that is Instagram, that is Facebook, and that is LinkedIn. You will find me pretty much everywhere at 8wise. So I'm either at 8wise Therapy or at 8wise Kim. But if you put in at 8wise, I promise you, you will find me. The first thing you need to do is follow me. The second thing you need to do is start sharing my posts with regards to the podcast. Nice and simple. And then what I want you to do, I would like you to share this episode or all episodes of the podcast to 10 people. I want you to shout about this podcast to 10 people and share a direct link to this podcast to 10 people. I want you to tag me in it and just say hi when you do that. And what I'll do is the first 10 people that come in, I will get a I will get in contact with you, I will get your details, and I will send you a signed copy of the book Eight Wise Ways to a Healthier, Happier Mind, which the world of publishing is calling the Mental Health Manual for the Modern World. Doesn't that sound fabulous? Now, for those of you who've already got the book. Thank you for listening to the podcast and thank you for your support. Please hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on anything. Please follow on the social medias as well. Follow and support as much as you can. And if you get the opportunity, I would love it. I would really appreciate it if you could give it a little review as well. And the reason for this is really simple. One in four people are experiencing a mental health issue every single day of every single year. That's bad enough, but it also means that three in four people are at risk of developing it. And eight whys can help both it can help the one in four with a mental health issue it can help the three in four who are at risk at developing a mental health issue and so the more I shout about it the more you shout about it the more we can get the message out there to as many people so they don't feel like they're suffering alone they're not in isolation and they have a support system the knowledge the tools and the techniques to help them live the eight wise way and have a better quality of life so Thank you so much for listening to this. This episode eight, Is Your Job Killing You? My name is Kim Rutherford, psychotherapist, author, and the creator of Eight Wise. And as you've now worked out, I'm also the host. I'm a podcast host these days to um, live the Eight Wise way. And I hope that you will join me for our next episode. So take care. And I hope to speak to you all very, very soon. Bye for now.